Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Uh, You know, when you're a Christian, prayer is one of the things that expresses desire. When I was younger, I really wanted to be six foot, three inches tall. My mom is just above five feet tall, five foot and a half an inch. My dad was 5'10 or something, but I wanted to be 6'3. And so every day I prayed, Lord, make me 6'3. Lord, I want to be 6'3. It was while I was still a teenager, so I still had some growing to do. And then I was a big uh, Philadelphia 76ers fan, so I'd pray, Lord, let the 76ers win the championship. And Allen Iverson will be MVP, and Coach Larry Brown will be Coach of the Year. And these are my prayers because these are the things that mattered to me. Prayer is from desire. The Bible says to desire earnestly the best gifts. You know, your prayer life shows God what you're actually looking for, what you're pursuing in life. But I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the uh, principles of prayer, some of the rules of prayer, if you will. You know, I believe it's, um, it's a, there's great misunderstanding about what prayer is, the role it takes. Most people, myself included, I used to think prayer was boring. If you said the word prayer, you know, you like, oh, yeah, it's like the necessity of Christianity, but it's like, oh, time in prayer, 30 minutes in prayer goes slower than two hours at the movie theater. That's what I thought. But, you know, a lot of times, and I want you to remember this, but a lot of times your first thoughts on a subject aren't your last thoughts on a subject. You know, prayer, I believe, number one, is, the, is a great privilege of our walk with God. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is, is you communicating with the Father. Me talking to you one-on-one, that's called prayer when you talk to God. Prayer takes different forms. Worship is a form of prayer. It's you singing and adoring God. Prayer is waiting on God, waiting for Him to speak to you. Prayer is you communing with God. It's fellowshipping with God. Prayer is request sometimes. Prayer isn't always request, but prayer is request sometimes. What prayer is not is prayer is not complaining. That's complaining. That's not prayer. But we're going to talk about some of the um, the foundations and some principles. I want to read you something here. This is from a book called A Call to Prayer uh, by J.C. Ryle. He lived from 1816 to 1900. And he says here... Um, He says here that there is no royal road. He talks about the personal responsibility. I would say, number one, prayer is a privilege. Number two, prayer is a responsibility of every believer. He says there is no royal road either to health or learning. Princes and kings, poor men and peasants, all alike must attend to the wants of their own bodies and their own minds. No man can eat, drink, or sleep by proxy. No man can get the alphabet learned for him by another. All these things that a person must do for himself or they will not be done at all. Just as as it is with the mind and body, so it is with the soul. There are certain things absolutely needful to the soul's health and well-being. Each must attend to these things for himself. Each must repent for himself. Each must apply, apply to Christ for himself. And for himself, each must speak to God and pray. You must do it for yourself, for by nobody else can it be done. To be prayerless is to be without God, without Christ, without grace, without hope, without heaven. It is to be on the road to hell. Now can you wonder that I ask you the question, do you pray? He says, I ask again whether you pray because a habit of prayer is one of the surest marks of a true Christian. All the children of God on earth are alike in this respect. From the moment there is any life and reality about their religion, they pray. Just as the first sign of life in an infant when born into the world is the act of breathing, so the first act of men and women when they are born again is praying. This is the one 
This is one of the common marks of all the elect of God. They cry unto him in day and night from Luke 18.1. The Holy Spirit who makes them new creatures works in them the feeling of adoption and makes them cry, Abba, Father, Romans 8.15. The Lord Jesus, when he quickens them, gives them a voice and a tongue and says to them, Be dumb no more. God has no dumb children. It is as much a part of their new nature to pray as it, as it is of a child to cry. They see their need of mercy and grace. They feel their emptiness and weakness. They cannot do otherwise than they do. They must pray. And he goes on. But for us as, a, as believers, the reason it's a privilege is because it's talking with God. You know, when we get born again, the reason we want to get born again is because we don't want to go to hell. If we can speak plainly. Part of salvation is, man, I really would like to not go to hell. It would be amazing if I could not go to hell. And so, yes, I want to avoid hell, but part of it too is that I want to go to heaven. I want to be someone who lives in eternity for heaven. As, as terrible as hell is, as, as amazing as heaven is, I want to go there. But really, the point of salvation is to get to know Jesus, get to know the Father, get to know the Holy Ghost, get to know God Himself. The Bible says that uh, Paul said, he said, I do, I count everything else as, as dung. He says, it's all trash at the excellence of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so the reason prayer is a privilege is because prayer is us communing with the Father. I got married so I can have someone to hang out with. I got married that I can, so I can have someone to do life with. I got married so I can have a companion. I didn't get married so I can have a tax benefit. Is there even a tax benefit of being married? I hear there is. I hear there's a tax benefit of having children. I don't have, I'm not going to have children so that I can have a tax benefit. I'm going to have children because I, I want children to love. I want children to raise. I want children to be an arrow in my quiver. I want children to grow up and experience the love of God, right? I want children because they're, they're a treasure in themselves. God is our treasure in Genesis. It said that he is our, he, uh, Genesis, God said, uh, he said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. God himself is the reward of eternal life. So number one, prayer is a privilege. Number two, it's a responsibility. You know, there are certain things that won't get done if you don't pray. You have to ask yourself this question. Who's praying for you if you're not praying for yourself? <laughs> you, you can leave it up to your grandma. You can leave it up to your pastor. Who's praying for your well-being? Who's praying for your future if it's not for you? You know, one thing that'll get people praying is their future spouse. Man, I've prayed, I've prayed more about my future spouse than about anything else, I hear people say. But, but who's praying if you're not praying? Prayer is a personal responsibility. It's not an office calling. It's not, hey, there's a pastor, an evangelist, and a prayer warrior. There's people who God uses in prayer. But every believer is called to pray, is called to commune with God. So number two, prayer is a responsibility. Number three, prayer equals power. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man uh, avails much. If there's an effectual prayer, that means there's an ineffectual prayer. We're going to cover some of the basics here. Prayer equals power. If there's areas in your life where you need to see the power of darkness broken, you need to begin to pray, seek the Lord. Much power is made available through prayer. Number four, one of the rules, maybe this is uh, not in the same line of prayer, what prayer is, but rules of prayer. Number one, pray persistently. Be persistent in prayer. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. I don't mean that believe, I don't fully believe that that means we're praying 24 hours a day because we're, uh, we're, we sleep, you know, and you're not praying when you sleep. But it's also having a heart that's open to God. 
where you have a communication where the Holy Spirit can speak to you, getting sensitive to the voice of God. So there's pray persistently, pray without ceasing. You don't pray once and then never pray about something ever again. The Bible says knock and keep on a knocking um, and the door will be opened unto you. So pray without ceasing. Let me see here. Luke 18, 8. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? It was talking about the judge where the, the widow that kept coming back, kept repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. But the, and the judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Faith is persistent. So pray persistently. After that, pray wholeheartedly. Pray passionately. If you want all the P's, I'll give them to you. Prayer is a privilege. Prayer equals power. Uh, Prayer, pray persistently. Pray passionately. You know, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer. The only prayer that won't work is the heartless one. Pray passionately. Let it come from your heart. That word supplication means hot request. So it says, cast your cares on me. Uh, when he, you know, when he said, um, uh, uh, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, if you want to live a stress-free life, part of it is casting your burden on the Lord. That doesn't say throw your burden on the Lord. It doesn't say toss your burden on the Lord. It doesn't say hand your burdens to the Lord. It says cast your burden. When you have a fishing rod, if you're trying to cast, you're not like just plopping that thing in the water. You're casting like arm all the way back, casting as hard as you can. Cast your burden on the Lord. That's what prayer should be. It should be a hot request from your heart. If you're nonchalant about your prayer, God's going to be nonchalant about your answer. Pray. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. And then that takes me to the next point. Pray passionately. Pray boldly. You know, one of the things that I, I think it's crazy, but people, you know, the, the reality is all this comes back to who you are in Christ. If you don't have a firm foundation of who you are, you're always going to come to God uh, in, a, in like a weird way, like this weird way. I talked to a um, uh, a student the other day and he said, you know, I came from a church where they would pray and the pastor would pray and he would say, God, I'm just a worm. I can't believe you use me because I'm only a worm. And it's like, what do you mean you're a worm? Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise from the dead so he could have a bunch of worms. Like, yes, we humble ourselves before God, but you know, humility is actually leads to boldness before God because humility is me saying, I'm receiving God's word before my own. Humility isn't, oh, I'm, I'm nothing but a worm. I'm just dung. You don't see that. You don't see that in the New Testament. You don't see Paul praying that. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because we're children of God. There's the Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, bringing the request to the Father for us, ever making intercession for us. He's, he's standing in the gap. When God sees us, he sees the Father. Jesus didn't come to his father and be like, I'm worm, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just dung, I'm nothing. So pray boldly. And then the next point, pray the word of God. Man, this is where people get, uh, people get caught up. And this is where I believe a lot of unanswered prayer comes, uh, comes in, is people don't have a foundation in the word. Here's my new rule for prayer. Before I ask God for anything, I, I find a scripture and I meditate on a scripture and I get the scripture in my heart before I pray. So 
if I realize, man, I need whatever it is, right? All right, I'm going to ask the Lord for seed to sow. So I need seed. I'm going to ask the Lord for $100 seed to sow. What do I do? I don't just say, Lord, I ask you for $100 seed in Jesus' name. Amen. That's not prayer. Where's the word in that prayer? God answers his word. His word is his will. So when you show him his will, so praying a prayer like, Lord, if it be thy will, is actually very unscriptural. Lord, if it be thy will, you can heal me. What a prayer canceling, what a what a faith canceling prayer that is, if it be thy will. No, don't be lazy. Get in the word, figure out what the will of God is. And then you know that you can have confidence. The Bible says that if we pray according to the will, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we pray anything according to the will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we have it granted by him. So the only prayers that God hears are the ones that are according to his will. He doesn't hear, Lord, um, can you make me can you make me lose weight overnight? Can I lose weight overnight? Would you take off 45 pounds from me? I, I don't see that in the Bible. Maybe someone can have special faith for that and they can find a scripture and I just haven't done research. I, I asked the Lord to actually help me lose weight. I said, give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Help me to lose weight. And I believe he helped me, but it wasn't an overnight miracle. He's not hearing, Lord, I know that person's da- engaged to somebody else, but would you break them up? Because I really want to date them. Like you got to pray according to the will of God. But you know why? You need to have revelation on the word, revelation of the word first before you pray. I had heard Bishop Oyedepo pray, and he said he called it um, word, uh, what was it? What did he call it? He called it uh, word, he labored in the word first. So he did his, he, he would take a scripture, he'd find two or three scriptures that guaranteed him the answer. And before he even asked, he would take a day or two and he would meditate in the word and get that word in his heart, and then ask. And then he knew he had it. He would say, Lord, I thank you according to your word. You said you give seed to the sower and bread for eating, and you multiply our resources for sowing. So, Father, I thank you. Lord, you also said that if I ask anything in your name, that you would give it to me. Um, Lord, you said in your word that if I pray according to your will, it will be done for me. And so I thank you for that you are blessing me. Lord, I ask you for $100 in seed. I ask you to begin to multiply my resources so I always have seed to sow. Lord, I thank you. You said it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So, Lord, that you are able, that you bless me to be able to give. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Amen. So you pray the word. And then last of all, because the truth is with all of these things that I'm giving you, with all of these Uh, pointers and rules, if you will, for prayer. The number one most important thing is that you pray out of your spirit, that you pray by the Holy Ghost. If you could sit there and have this formula, okay, does it check off all the check boxes? Pray the word. Yes, I've got my scriptures in there. Is it wholeheartedly? Yes, I'm going to pray fervently. Is it persistently? Yes, I've been praying this every day. Um, Is it, you know, and you can go down the list, but that puts you in the realm of your intellect and praying intellect prayers doesn't get you anywhere. It's praying out of your spirit. And so what I do is I wake up, I get in my prayer closet, which is just my office downstairs. It's not an actual closet. And I pray and I pray in tongues. And then I get over into the Holy Ghost. And then the prayers come from inside. Father, I thank you in Jesus name that we're seeing breakthrough in our meetings. I thank you for open doors in Jesus name. You said, pray, pray for me that a, that a door would be open, an effective door would be opened unto me. A door of utterance would be opened unto me. And I pray out of my spirit. And that's the most important thing. Pray by the Holy Ghost. It's, your, it's those Holy Ghost prayers that get Holy Ghost answers. Thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in this generation. People of prayer and people of power.